This is week 11, and we've laid quite a foundation. I, I can't even put into words how important it is that Christians, they, have, they start and continue the lifelong process of renovating and renewing your mind with the Word of God. This is of utmost importance because you have to, you have to develop a sensitivity to be led by the Spirit of God. And in this world, I'm telling you, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. What is truth, right? You know, we need to be very mindful of this is an election year, right? So it's number one, we're Christians, so every Christian should vote, right? And don't get mad at another believer who doesn't vote like you. But we need to vote as the Lord would lead us. You can't just go by what you hear in the news about anything, okay? Because you and I should know that literally for close to 6,000 years... Satan has wanted to enslave all of mankind. He's wanted to control them. He's wanted to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we know that behind the scenes he's working. There was a reason why when Jesus ministered to the man, literally when Jesus asked him, Asked the demon, what's your name? He said, legion, for we are many. I mean, we're talking, I, th I can't remember the number. It's something like three to 600 demons were in this guy. And, and they all started begging Jesus, don't send us out of this region. Let us go into the pigs, right? Why? They didn't want to leave the region. Why? Because there's territorial things behind, behind every in every state, in every city, in our government, there's, there's behind-the-scenes things happening. That's why we got to pray for our president. We have to pray for our administration, right? You know, we have to pray for our leaders, whether we agree with them or not. If they're in that position and, and, they're, and they're not doing what, you, what the Word of God says, forget about what you want, but if they're not doing what the Word says, then we need to pray for them more, and we need to use our authority, but now we have an opportunity. Don't go by what you see outwardly. The importance of elections, I think we're seeing how important they are. Right? I mean, it's amazing when you have an ungodly leadership in place in a state. My friends in California are just like, wow. Right? In some countries, it's still, you know, we enjoy freedom here, but man, they're not enjoying any freedom. So this is a big, big thing. Number one, you should vote. Number two, you should read all about what the Democratic platform is and what the Republican platform is. And then you should look at every, every Republican and go, okay, forget what this guy or this lady's saying. Are they... Are, are they actually for freedom for the church, religious freedom? Because we are here to propagate the gospel, right? Are they for 
something that's, that's not, that the Bible is very much against. I could start with the letter A. If they're for abortion, I can't vote for them as a Christian. Now, that might upset some Christians, and if it does, then I got three words for you. Get over yourself. Amen. Right? We love, we love the young ladies who have abortions. And we got to figure out ways to minister to them. Before and after, have you ever made mistakes? Right? So we, we love them, but we don't give in. See, we call it abortion today. It was bail worship back then years and years ago. It's all the same stuff. Can't vote for somebody that's for that. So then, but you got to be careful because if the party is for abortion, that doesn't mean that you don't vote for that person in that party because there might be somebody in that party, although they're in that party, they vote against it and they vote for righteousness. So in other words, what I'm saying is you have to renew your mind with the word of God so that you could be led by the spirit so that you could pray. I don't want to stand before God and him, him sit here and go, you know what? You never fulfilled the plan of God for your life because you were locked down, this happened and that happened. And, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, just the country I lived in. No, that won't fly because Jesus will go, now, wait a minute. My word says, pray for your leaders that you could live a quiet and peaceable life. I gave you authority in the name of Jesus, right? So every Christian, if you think that you might not be able to go to the polls today, then you need to go down to the election board and get a ballot that you can mail in. If you don't know how to vote, man, do some research. If you don't want to do research, find a godly person who does research and say, hey, that, I mean, Jeanette and I do that, right? We're like, okay, tell us. Tell us about this person. Tell us about that person. And then you take all of that to the Lord. How did I get off on that? I've got 21 pages or 20 pages of notes. I have no time to talk about that, but I'm probably going to mention this every service until election time, right? You know me. I'm not going to get up here and bash presidents and do all this stuff, but I am going to give you the word, and we're Christians. Our country, our free country, do you realize the whole world is looking at America? Ministers all over the world are looking at America and go, if they fall, we're in trouble. Well, guess what? Not on our watch. We're going to stand in the authority in the name of Jesus. We understand that we have power over the enemy, and he can't have this country. And this country is still, you think we funneled money all over the world before? Wait. We're going we're gonna to sow so much more. We're going to sow so many more missionaries. It is sad that in my lifetime, other countries, I talk to ministers, and they're talking about people in Kenya ministers, they're going to Ramah and they're like, you know, I, I, I need, America needs, I need to go to America as a missionary. Are you kidding me? That bothers me as a pastor. I don't need some guy or some lady coming from Kenya because I'm not doing my job in America, right? So we need to stand up. We are the church. So how do we do that? You must you must allow who you are on the inside to show up on the outside. Because your inner man, guess who your inner man looks exactly like? Yes. 
Jesus. And this world needs Jesus. This world doesn't need Pastor Tony. This world needs Jesus. Does that make sense? This world doesn't need Kenneth Copeland. It needs Kenneth Cope. It needs Jesus moving through Kenneth Copeland. Right? That's, that's why this is so important. The Bible is telling us that we're a spirit, and our spirit has been made brand new. Do you realize your spirit, man, has literal, is literally dead to sin? Your spirit cannot sin. That should make you realize that you possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, which is the control center. Because how many of you, as a Christian, have chosen to sin? Right? Well, well, now wait a minute. The Bible says sin won't even dominate you. That it has no power. That you are actually dead to sin. But then it'll say things like, but you got to put on the new man. Who's the new man? That's, that's the man on the inside. In other words, you got to do something to get him showing on the outside. And you got to put off the old man. Right? The flesh. you got to put that off even as a Christian, because your soul is the control center. That's why this rocks people. It's still, even when I teach it, it, there's still some religious cobwebs in me that it rocks a little bit. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you are not what you do. If you have a sin habit in your life, you need to realize that is not who you are. Your spirit man is not sinning. What's happening is the nature that's still in your flesh, the spirit of your flesh, is siding with your unrenewed mind and it's taking your spirit captive and you can renew your mind with the word of God and walk free from everything. That's what we're talking about here tonight. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1, or I'm sorry, verse 2, it says, I be, or it says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing or the renovation of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There is no way that you could walk out God's one will for your life that's described as good, acceptable, and perfect. You can't walk that out without, without doing something. We have to be transformed. What's on the inside has to be out on the outside. That's transformation. That only happens by renewing your mind. I didn't understand the first time Jesus said to me, Tony, I can't wait till you meet yourself. But man, I understand it's so clear now. Because the Tony that was insecure, the Tony that, that uh, had problems with aggressiveness that was just would could go out of control anger the worthlessness that wasn't me at all and all i had to do was renew my mind to this and all of a sudden it's like you have an out of body experience your spirit now is has gained ascendancy and that now you live a Holy Spirit-led life, and now you're telling your flesh what you're going to do. Oh, sometimes it rares up, and you start moving in a wrong direction, but if the word is in your heart, and you're, and you're, being, you're not being conformed, 
you're being transformed, you'll, you'll jump right back. Wait a minute, no, I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to watch my thought life, right? I'm going to keep God's word first. So this is what we're talking about. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed, changed. Don't you want to change? Man, there's some things in my life that I want to change. And when I say that, I get excited because I know how to change Every, everything in my life. Everything. I know how to literally change from thinking Brussels sprouts are ridiculous and horrible. You know, I could literally feed. I know how to make myself like them. All I got to do is start saying I like them. That's all I got to do. Right? I'm not willing to do that yet, but that's all right. So I kind of put that, I'm still, you know, we're all a work in progress. So why, why does it say this in the Bible? Because the war, like I said last week, is on for the soul because that's where you make all of your decisions and your whole life is a sum total of all your decisions. So if you don't like where you are tonight, if you're watching online and you're going, man, I just, I hate where I am, then you can change. You can change your whole life by changing the way that you think. We're going to talk about the spirit of your mind. The Bible uses the term, the spirit of your mind. And what that word in the Greek that they say spirit, translated spirit, it's the Greek word that means the attitude and the perspective of your mind. I'm telling you, when God, when God's word goes off in your heart, it will change your attitude and it'll change your perspective. All of a sudden, something that's binding you when your perspective changes and you see it correctly, you're going, wait a minute. You can't bind me. Right? That's the way it works. So what do we do? We go to God's word. We said this last week. We go to God's word and we allow the Holy Spirit, as we meditate in the word of God, we allow the Holy Spirit to open up the word and to show us, not tell us, but show us God's thoughts. And then as we see them, what do we do? We keep speaking God's thoughts. Right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things are possible to him who believes. I always have victory and triumph in Christ. My God gives me the desires of my heart. No man can ever stand before me and block me from walking in these desires. And I just keep saying this over, and I could keep going on and on, and I keep saying it. Now what happens as I'm speaking these words out of my mouth that are coming from my heart, that originate from God's word, I start to build an imagination. So I start to see myself 
being well. I start to see myself liking Brussels sprouts. I, I start to see anything. I start to see myself walking free of addictions, all of them. I start to see myself free from inner turmoil. That's a big one in Christians. Because Christians are constantly, constantly being drugged back into sin because of the shame, guilt, and condemnation that they're allowing Satan to put on them. And all of our shame, guilt, condemnation was put on Jesus. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's a, it's a powerless kingdom who's coming against you. And I start to build an imagination. This is, what, this is the renovation of my mind. I start to see myself now. Now remember, going all the way back to these early weeks, all behavior flows out of your imagination. So as you start to see God's word, you start to see his thoughts, see yourself walking in them, remember, you will always start walking in the direction of what you see. And that's how you walk by faith. That's how you walk with the Lord. This is so important that you get this. I'm telling you, I have some other things that I really am looking forward to teaching. I can't get away from this. Because when the Lord spoke to me about this year, people are to walk in the freedom wherewith Christ has made them free, I knew two things. Man, God is going to be all over this with me. And Satan is going to... I've been praying for you guys. Because all hell is coming against all of us because he does not want you to walk in freedom. And, and even what you just heard, we could stop right now. Now, we're not going to because I'd probably explode. But we could. And you, you probably know more about how to walk in freedom than most people have ever heard. And so this is so important. God wants you free. This enables you, when you see God's thoughts, it enables you to move in the direction of God's purpose for your life. It's the only way to walk out God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. We gotta change with the word of God, the programming that took place earlier in our minds. We have to change it. Only one thing changes it. It's when the implanted word, when the word is implanted in your spirit, man, and revelation flows out of your spirit to your mind, that's, that's what changes our thinking. But as we change this programming that took place earlier in our minds, our behavior will begin to start aligning with God's promises, with God's purposes, with his will. So many people are trying to live for God. You gotta let the word who is God live through you. The mind of the believer must be renewed. We said this last week. It must be renewed from being dependent upon yourself and what you see, what you hear, what you, what you uh, get from your senses. You gotta become free and you have to literally Become to a place where you're totally dependent upon God and his word. 
So what does it mean to trust God? We have clearly seen from God's word what that means. Now this is the answer to that question. In Isaiah, it gives us that answer. Right? It says that that basically, as we keep our mind stayed on God, that is the definition of a person who trusts God. The only way that you can walk trusting him so he can direct your steps is if you keep your mind on him. On him always. This is, this is huge. So see what happened when you and I got born again, the very life and the very nature of God took up residency in your spirit. It's in there right now. The life and the very nature of God is in you. It's in your spirit right now. The very love of God is saturated in your spirit right now. This is why we're going to talk about some things that create pressure. One of them is unforgiveness. If you, if you are not willing to completely forgive your brothers or sisters that you think or that wronged you or if you think that wronged you, it will create pressure and it'll stop you from, do, from growing. We'll talk about that later. But the challenge, see, the life of God, it takes up residency on the inside of you, but the challenge of the believer is to get the spiritual truth that is on the inside of you out in this natural arena. That's the goal. Who you are on the inside in Christ to show on the outside so that your behavior looks just like Jesus. The Bible says that if we're his, we should walk like he walks. The works he did, greater works shall we do. Why? Because he went to the Father. Wow. So let's go to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. You guys doing okay? This is good stuff. This, this, is, this is so important. Ephesians 4, verse 22. The word of God tells us that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. You've got to put off this old man. That word conversation is a little vague for us in the King James, but that word conversation in the Greek means manner of life. So the word is telling us you must put off this former manner of life, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Even though you've been made a new creature, this was written to Christians, you still got to put off this old man. What does that mean? It literally means putting off the old man is the turning aside from the habits and the lusts which our old man deposited in us. What do you mean in us? In our soulish realm. Putting off the old man is turning aside the habits and the old lusts that that old man See, that old man's gone now, but that old man that's gone, see, when did that old man, when did that old man leave? When you got born again, 
the old man was gone. The old spirit man that you were is gone. You're brand new now on the inside. Old things have passed away. Everything is new on the inside. Yeah, but I'm, I'm addicted sexually to this or that. I'm addicted to alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, new name, whatever it is, food. No, 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 no. No, you're not. Your spirit's not. But that old man deposited some junk. And you got to put that off. And we're going to talk about how to do that. He is speaking of our former manner of conduct. He is not speaking about the old sin nature. Because the old sin nature is gone. Oh, it seems so real because you're like, why am I consumed with this? You just got to renovate your mind. And instead of trying to do it yourself, you got to just let it go, right? And let God's word do the work by putting it first, by obeying him, by putting him first in every arena, by fixing your eyes on Jesus because he's the initiator, he's the author, he's the developer, he's the completer of your faith. The word does all the work. He is saying, in other words, this is exactly what verse 22 is saying, don't go on living as if that old self was still alive. Because that old self is not still alive. Yeah, but pastor, I accepted the Lord as a little kid, and what in the world? Listen, demonic powers that are set against you started working on you when you were a little kid. Working on what? Well, whatever worked in your dad, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great, and they just fish, and they throw thoughts, and they create circumstances, right? So even if you got, I got saved when I was four and a half years old, and what, in 2012, I met this family, 10 years ago, I met this family that I didn't even know existed when, when my biological father, when he passed away, and we found this whole other family, and they were all blown away at how I talked like my biological father, who I'd never been around. Same mannerism, same personality. How is that possible? Well, those demons, those principalities, they started working all that stuff, right? But this is how you walk free from it. You got to realize, wait a minute, I have been made the righteousness of almighty God in Christ. I am free from this stuff. So I'm putting off this old man that's dead. I'm putting him off. You got to say... This is what the word is telling you. Don't go on living as if that old man is still alive because that old man's dead. So verse 22 again, that you put off concerning the former manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And so first thing you got to do is put it off. Sounds a lot like Romans 12.1, doesn't it? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable unto God. Now, and it says, verse 23 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, once you put them off, 
Now, how, how, how long do you have to put them off? You just got to keep them off. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The Greek word, again, spirit. And be renewed in the attitudes and the mental disposition and the perspective of your mind. You have to be renewed. You have to renovate that part of you. Christians are walking around saying, you know, in our circles, man, I've been hearing this truth forever, and I've tried it, but it just doesn't work. And what I just heard is, is you, you really, you've been listening, but not hearing, and you're letting go of something that maybe you still need to just keep a hold of, because God's word is true. And if you'll hang on and do your part, God will do his part. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, we have to reprogram our minds with new information from God's word. And then we have to allow these words to change our attitude to change our mental disposition, and to change our perspective. What, and this is what happens when you change your perspective. Man, you're down here, it gets real complicated. But then the word of God will take you to a higher place. All of a sudden, you start looking at things as you're seated in Christ. And you're like, oh, boy, that... That power over me looks so big, but not from up here. Changes my perspective. Down here, cancer's big. Seated in Christ on the throne, it's like, I can't. You mean that's what's coming against me? But if I don't do that and I live down here, or I get, I'm, I'm living, most, of, most people are living on their knees or on their face. They can't see anything. But the word of God, not you, the word of God will lift you up so that you see things with a new perspective. All of a sudden, I'm not trying to get free. Wait a minute, I am free. Get out of my life. I've been made free. Why am I putting up with this? I'm not putting up with allergies in allergy season right? So this is huge. When you put the law of the mind to work, remember the law of the mind, when you implant the word of God in your heart, it brings wholeness to your mind, okay? When you put the law of the mind to work and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, what will it produce? It will produce the will of God in your life and the life of God. So in other words, the word will produce the will and the life of God. So many of us, we're trying to do the will of God instead of allowing the word of God to do it. This is, and, and why is that? Man, because you know we have people like Brother Hagen came out and just some fantastic teaching. Thank God for it. These principles and all this other stuff. But we were to go further into that and not get caught up in the principles. 
Not focus on, okay, does faith come first or believing? What's the difference between believing and hope? And oh my gosh, get your eyes off trying to be technical and get your eyes on Jesus and you'll walk in the wisdom of God and you'll go so far beyond. That's my job as a pastor. Think about it. I am to feed you with knowledge, revelation knowledge of the word and wisdom, how to apply it to your life. That is, is literally impossible for me to do. But I don't care because the Holy Spirit's here. So I do this natural thing, preaching, using water bottles, spraying stuff, you know, ropes, all this stuff, you know, saying things and, and, and drooling, spitting, you know, talking about, Bru- I mean, can you imagine Brussels sprouts? Probably the only pastor in the history of America or whatever that talks about Brussels sprouts. And, and yet people are going, wow, why are they going, man, I just can't stop listening to this. Because of him. Because they get hungry. The more you feed on the word, the word bursts hunger in you. That's the word going to work. The spirit of the mind, in other words, is the attitudes, the value systems, the things that make us who we are, the things that give us the pattern of response. The spirit of the mind will determine when somebody does you wrong, whether you get mad at them or whether you forgive them, walk free, stay in peace, and see it as it really is. Because nobody can stop you. Right? Because why? He always causes me to triumph. So I can do nothing but just love people. It makes me free. We must renew the spirit of our minds to experience transformation and to experience life change. You know, in our circles, here is the whole thing. People are just, they're just not meditating. They just don't keep meditating. They meditate for a little while and then they let it go and they start thinking about all the natural things. But man, if you'll keep meditating... If you keep meditating on scriptures about honoring God and your finances, I don't care how stubborn you are, how many blind spots you have, you will become a person that honors God and their finances. And eventually, you'll be teaching others how to honor God and their finances. If you're a person that is so insecure, if you start to feed on what the Word says about you, you will so walk free from insecurity that you will sit here and go, I could remember that, like with me, worthlessness. I remember that I was worthless. I don't, but it doesn't seem like it was me. But the reality of it was, it wasn't me. That's what, that's what I finally realized. Oh, wait a minute, that's not me. That's just some lie that I took that took root in my mind, but the word just ripped it right out. That's why when God heals, there's no scar. If you're walking around because you feel like you're scarred, i got great news for you. You haven't experienced a full revelation of what Jesus did. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I was raped. No, I don't have to understand, but I'm here to tell you there's a place 
where he will make it all new and you'll look at that and go, wow, that was horrible, but it's like it happened to somebody else because I'm completely free. I can no longer, I walk in something and I smell what I smelled when that was happening to me and it doesn't even bother me anymore. Why? Because I'm free. The Bible says he doesn't just set you free, he makes you free. This is so big. New mental images in our imagination are what will allow us to put off the old man and to put on the new man. So let's keep going. Ephesians 4, verse 22, where we're going to end up now. Now we're going to talk about verse 24, but I want to read them in context. Verse 22, that you put off concerning the the former conversation or the former manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit, in the attitude, the mental disposition, the perspective of your mind, verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Your new man, your new man is your spirit. Do you know who your new man looks like? It looks just like Jesus. Now, you're not the king of kings and lord of lords. I'm not talking about positionally, but we are. He's the firstborn among many brethren. We're made in his image. He's fearless. So really, I don't have a spirit of fear. He walks in love. He's led by the spirit. He walks by faith, right? He, he, his, his desire and strength is to do the will of his father, just like my spirit man's desire is to do the will of the son of God as he leads me and guides me. And that you put on, this Greek word is in duo. It means that you're endued with. Jesus said this, guys, after his resurrection, he says, don't go anywhere and do anything. You go to Jerusalem until you be enduoed with power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. This is saying that you be endued with the new man, which after God, another way to say that, which is created in God's likeness. Well, that'll tilt your religious right? I went through a Starbucks line, sweetest young girl. You know, I, I, I don't know if she was out of high school or in high school. Sweetest young girl. And so she's going, hey, so what do you got going on today? So I'm like, oh man, I'm a pastor and I'm just preparing for tonight. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. She goes, you know, she goes, you know, I, I'm not a religious person, uh, you know, but my, my mom was Catholic and my, my dad was Christian, but I'm not religious. But, you know, I go to Germany. I go, with, I, go, I go overseas and I love going to cathedrals. And she started in Switzerland. She was telling me about this cathedral and everything. And so I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And I kind of said a couple things. And, and I said, you know, I go, you know, I'm really right with you. I go, call me anything. Don't call me religious. She kind of is like, really? I go, oh, yeah. I go, you know what the word religion means? She's like, no. I go, it means to bind. I said, yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, 
This is all about a relationship with God. And she's like, wow, I've never heard that before. Right? You know how many people have not heard that before? Ooh, the harvest is white. So what this is telling us is that we're to wear our new man who is like Jesus on the outside. The enemy, he uses the world system to create circumstances so he could put pressure. Now, this is what I'm really wanting to get to. The enemy uses the world system. He uses people. He creates circumstances. Have you noticed the world system is designed to create fear and unbelief so that the enemy can steal, kill, and destroy? But he uses this, why? To put pressure on individuals, why? So that he can teach them how to think and what they should think on. That's what the enemy's doing all the time. He wants to teach you how to think. He wants to teach you on what to think on. Look at satanic leadership in the world. They want to tell you, hey, we're all about freedom of speech as long as you say this. That's just satanic leadership. That's what he does. He puts pressure. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was pressure put on them. You either bow or you're going to die. Thank God they had something on the inside of them in the same way like you and I have something on the inside of us. Listen, we're not bowing. And we don't have to make it happen. God will make it happen. You go into the fire, Jesus is with you. It won't kindle upon you. We're talking about a supernatural life. They try to throw Jesus off a cliff, he walked through the crowd. Right? He said, no man takes my life. We should be saying, no man's going to take my life. The enemy, again, is constantly throwing thoughts at us. How? Through what we observe, through those people we associate with, through teaching we sit under. Satan's throwing thoughts. People are sitting in their house being taught by the media. They go to some churches and they're taught the traditions of men or man's ideas instead of the word of God. That's how come when I get in this pulpit, it's with fear and trembling, a reverence and an honor and a respect for God because only his word has to go forth. Right? I could, like Pastor Dave talked about answering questions. I've asked, I, I could answer any spiritual question that you have about the Bible, everyone. I've never not answered a question because I have absolutely no problem saying, I don't know, but I will find out for you. Yeah. I'm not going to stick my chest out and go, well, I believe. No, 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 no. That doesn't help. It's what does the word say? Right? So the enemy is throwing thoughts through these observations, through associations, through teaching. Why? Because he wants to get you to build an imagination with his thoughts of your life living contrary to the word of God 
and then keep that going so that all of a sudden he can build, he uses your mouth to do it, a stronghold in your life so that he can steal, kill, and destroy and stop the plan of God. It's what he's always doing. See these new images that the word puts in us, in our imagination, are what allow us to put off the old man and to put on the new man. We must renew our minds. So Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You guys doing good? Romans chapter 8. It says this. For they that are after the flesh. Romans 8, 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind. It's talking about they pay attention to the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit. Now, if you look at this, the word Spirit is capitalized, but this is not talking about the Holy Spirit. They that are after the human spirit, they that live and walk out of their spirit, if you look at the context, they do mind the things of the Spirit, the human spirit. So what is this saying? If I pay attention to the flesh, right, I'm going if, if to, I'm, if I'm paying attention to the things that are natural, that's what I'm going to focus my attention on. But if I choose to pay attention to the things of the Spirit, which, what are those? Hey, I, I'm meditating in the Word. I'm putting it first place. Uh, in my spirit, man, where the, where the word is deposited, I'm not looking at the outside for my answers. I'm looking at the inside. They mind the things. They pay attention to the things of the spirit. This is why Hebrews says, as we run our race, we got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Who is he? He is the word of God. We have to fix our eyes. Why do we do this? Because to be carnally or fleshly minded is death. It can't produce life. Right? And here's the problem with Christians. The death doesn't happen right away. So they just get blind spots and they keep walking a wrong way. For many Christians, they don't think that going to church is an important thing. I'm here to tell you, it's an important thing. God says, don't forsake it, right? But why, why do we think it's not a big deal? Because we're paying attention to the natural things. Gosh, I'm so busy, I can't be in church. I'm, I'm so busy, but, and, and I'm so busy, the, the Bible tells us that we are to live our life with the word of God first. Jesus is my Lord. I'm to give it my undivided attention. I'm never to keep it, I'm never to let it get out of my eyes, I'm never to let it depart out of my mouth. I'm to keep it in the midst of my heart. But what do I do? I go home and I talk about all the things I'm unhappy about. And I just let my tongue just spew because I think I have options. But you're spewing death. I hope, I hope in this series you get to the point where you're like, wow, I got I to gotta shore these things up. Because see, God doesn't, he doesn't slap you. To get your attention. He, he won't do that. He gave you a free will. And he did it all and now he's wooing you. But I'm telling you, you'll never get away from this. 
To be carnally minded is death. If you are basing your decisions on outside things, it will ultimately produce death. Right? But it says, but to be spiritually minded, it can only produce what? Life. The very life of God and peace. So to forgive, to do anything the word tells you to do, is only going to produce the life of God and peace. Wow. I know that that seems so elementary, but we haven't got that the way we need to get it. Because what happens is you start to reverence and honor and respect God. And you start working out. You stop trying to work out everybody else's salvation. Right? You stop asking questions about other people's lives, trying to get information. No, when you start walking with Jesus, you work out your own salvation only with a reverence and an honor and a respect for God above everything else in your life. And then you know that you only work out what he's working in. You're no longer trying to impress people. You know, I used to be concerned because I was so insecure. I just wanted to impress people. I grew up, I was a great athlete in a smaller town and then in a bigger city and all this stuff. And, and, I, and, and, and man, everybody's just like, wow, there's something special. It wasn't the athletic ability, it was the call of God on my life. But I literally had this belief, I'm fooling everybody. I'm really just worthless. And then all of a sudden, Man, I saw Jeremiah 29, 11 one day when I was 18 years old. God planted me in a church and then he led me to teaching that would renovate my mind and I'd make mistakes, I'd go around the mountain, I'd do this and do that, but I kept pressing and kept pressing and the word is still working and working and working and guess what? I'm as good today as I've ever been and I'm going to get better. Amen. Why? Because I'm, let, I'm, I'm, I'm progressively letting this, this new man out. That new man will surprise you. You get in a situation, and all of a sudden there's pressure when you would cave and look for, you know, pressure to make a wrong decision, and you just don't anymore. You're like, nope, I know what the word says, and I'm not moving. I'm going to see this thing through. He always causes me to triumph. This is huge. Wow. I've been teaching for 52 minutes and I'm barely getting started here. That's all right. I feel like we're really gaining ground tonight. This is helping. So just give me a few more minutes here. Just a few more minutes. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Turn over there. It says the spirit of man, this is your spirit, is the candle of the Lord. This word candle in the Hebrew could be translated lamp of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, 
what do you do with a lamp? You light it. A lamp will illuminate things. The word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, what does that mean? The word of God, when God opens it up on the inside of me, light comes out and it illuminates my spirit. Right? The Bible says there will be no need of sun when we live because God is there. But you know, God's everywhere, but guess, guess why there will be no need? Because the light is going to illuminate our spirit, and it's going to light everywhere we go. Do you know where you are called, you are to go light that place? That's why, oh, he'll call you to some dark places, but once you get there, if you let that, old, if you let that new man out, it'll light that place. God enlightens your spirit to guide you. Your spirit is where the light of revelation come to you. It's where God brings revelation knowledge to your word, to, of his word to you. God's higher ways and his higher thoughts, they reside deep inside your spirit. In other words, God's thoughts reside deep within your spirit. But those thoughts must be drawn out so understanding and wisdom can rise from your spirit and overcome every natural knowledge that, that had you bound before, all the lies, everything. It, the light of God's word, it rises out of your spirit and it literally washes over your mind and it pulls all that junk out. It rises from your spirit so that you can overcome natural knowledge that is there that's been influencing your thought life. The word does that. God, God made you a brand new person. Oh, he could fix your liver. He could fix your spine. He could fix arthritis or osteoporosis or diabetes or cancer. He could fix all that. He made you brand new. Wow. How does a person get born again without falling? Because when the spirit leaves the body, but yet he took the old spirit out of me. But you know, when I got born again, I didn't fall on the kitchen of our, my, my mom and I's two-bedroom apartment in Chicago. I didn't fall on there until the Holy Spirit came in and gave me a new spirit, and then I jumped back up and went, whoa. No, how did that happen? I don't know. How does he heal a knee? I don't know. How does he heal kidneys? How does he remove a brain tumor? Right? We don't have to know how. Hear that, Satan? I don't care how. This is huge. We must renew our minds so that we think right. How we think greatly affects where we go. And again, I'm going to say this. I don't even know. I might have said this a hundred times. You will always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. Amen?